Hey everyone, welcome to She Brigade, the podcast. I'm your host, Bilun Jamusemeche. At She Brigade, we aim to empower by aspiring to storytelling. On this show, we chat to different phenomenal women around South Africa, and we dive into their stories and journeys that have led them to where they are today. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of She Brigade. Um, on today's episode, we have Kukida Kali. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying my best to say it right. Kukida Kali, and Kukida is a chemical engineer. You're quite a chemical, like you're a chemical engineer. Yeah, and a petroleum engineer. Oh! Yeah, so don't leave that out. So. <laughs> All right, chemical engineer and petroleum engineer. Don't get it twisted, guys. <laughs> She's also the founder of the digital publication called The Money Fam, and that aims to empower millennials on making the right financial decisions with their lives. Um, you're also a humans and finance ambassador. You made the Mail and Guardian. You forgot. <laughs> <laughs> You made the Mail and Guardian top 200 South Africans list. Yes. Um, you were also a fullback, you were a fullback scholar. Mm-hmm. And um, you were also uh, the financial analyst at the university you were at yeah. for the investment fund. Mm. Yeah. So, like, I have so many questions, right? Because yeah. I'm like, on the one side, engineering, engineering, and on the other side, money, money, money. Mm. I, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into <laughs> it. Welcome yeah. to the show. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Okay, so we're going to start from the beginning. Yeah. Tell us about who you were growing up, how you grew up, and mm-hmm. yeah, basically your whole upbringing, what led to who you are now. Great. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot to tell. <laughs> <laughs> so you just don't know where to start. So in, um, basically, I grew up in an area called Elands Park in the southeast, but I was born in Sprayview, so I'm in East Girl. Home girl, so, so to speak. Okay. Um, raised to my dad and my mom. My mom is an educator, so really interested in education, and she really pushed education through us. Mm-hmm. My dad was a salesman, um, so he was, you know, the more, you know, get your money right, uh, very prudent. There is the money. You know, <laughs> it came from my dad. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, my dad. Even my mom, she always says that people from your family love money. They they kill you for money. You know, <laughs> it's like even the kids like money. You know, so I, I really get it from my dad. My dad is great, great with money. Okay. So um, I, it's actually shocking when I found out uh, later on in life how much he used to earn and how much he'd done. I'd be, I was like, my gosh, how? You know, you're the guy. Like, yeah, honestly, you know. <laughs> Uh, because he's really, really good, being good with money. So I think um, the balance between my mom and my dad was is, is so influential to me because mm. my dad isn't as highly educated as my mom. Um, but, you know, the principle, the drive, the ambition, he put that in my sister and I because we're, like, very, like, you know, march on the line. Um, and then my mom, the love for education, the, the push for mm. you have to study, you have to, you know. So, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And like, did you always know what you wanted to do? When did you, when did you know that engineering was a thing that was going to be part of your life? Yeah. So that's 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 the tough one because I'm one of those people. I'm a multi potentialite. If you what heard of the term, I have not. So Mises is one of them. He also says I'm oh. a multi potentialite. Okay. So okay. Okay. I'm a multi potentialite. <laughs> so essentially, it's people who are like gifted at so many things. And I actually wrote an article about it about when you are when you like a lot of things and you're gifted in a lot of things, it becomes really hard to have a traditional career. Mm. And I think that's how I ended up in consulting now. Um, Cause I work as a management consultant for one of the top three consulting strategy consulting firms. Okay. And I work very much within the sectors that, you know, excite me. So 
engineering, I would work in that. I would work in, you know, digital startups. I would work in banking, That's you know. so different. It's, it's very, like a different. very different aspect. Very it's engineering. Different. Yeah. It's the, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And now I'm starting to find that the thread that, you know, across all of them, and I think I've always been intentional. It looks messy to other people. But to me, it's very, very intentional, you know, because I'm very serious about economic development and I'm very serious about the, the and strategic about the sectors that I want to be in yeah. in order yeah. to, you know, push through the economic development agenda within not just South Africa, but Africa. And that's one of the reasons I actually came back from the U.S. after doing my master's is because I wanted to be about the African agenda. And that's mm. why I chose those sectors. Okay, wait, so, so let's just take it back a bit. So you're in high school and you yeah. decided I'm going to apply for chemical engineering. Yes. So in high school, I did, my subjects were drama, accounting, and science. <laughs> <laughs> I kept top, top of the class in science and, and, and um, accounting and second in my class for drama. Yeah. So I did well in all of them and I liked all of them. Right? Yeah. So I saw drama and, and my sister studied drama actually at Wits. So I, I always saw drama as, or my creativity as the thread in between, you mm. know, the way to, uh, you know, link the left from the right and yeah. not just to be a straight line thinker, but a lateral thinker. And I think it has a lot of impact in business if you can be a lateral thinker as well. Yeah. Um, and I think having that is a gift, you know, the creative side. Um, and then I, I, I was stuck. I was like, am I going to do accounting or am I going to do something in engineering? Mm. And I chose chemical engineering because I read that chemical engineers can work in banks. So I was like, okay, uh, if I do chemical engineering, I'm not going to be stuck in a mine somewhere. I okay. can still work in a bank. You're actually right because I have three colleagues that work like as business analysts. Yeah. So like in IT, Absolutely. At, at a bank, and like I do. But the chemical engineers. My friend is a chemical engineer. She works for, as a business analyst for it. Oh, so like it's a thing. Exactly, it's a thing. Yeah. Uh, because I, I knew that when you're a process engineer, Yes. You you can just piece together the process mm. together. It doesn't matter what process it is. Business process, whether Absolutely. it's a business or chemical process. Absolutely. Okay. So okay. that's why I studied that, so that it would give me the skill, yeah. functional skill, and I could apply that functional skill to any industry. You knew that when you chose it. Yeah, yeah. I read up on it. I even went for aptitude <laughs> tests. I was serious. My mom was like, Yeah, she told me so a psychologist to do aptitude tests on like what I should be doing. Yeah. So I really, I even had like a thick career book and then I used mm. to give it out to my the people in class <laughs> who were also stuck. So I was like really, really intentional yeah. about what I wanted to study and stuff. Okay. And then where did you study and how was your experience? I went to Bits. Mm-hmm. And Bits was amazing. Uh, where did you study? Uh, tax. Oh, okay. Cool. Pretoria, yeah. Oh, cool. So yeah, yeah. I went to Bits and yeah, it was amazing. I loved Bits. Um, you know, Zimasa was just on here, and yeah. she said the same thing. Like, she loved it. Oh, she's, she, like, she was raving about it. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it makes sense. Because <laughs> I looked at her, I'm like, I like this, this you know? But now I'm just like, she also went to Vitz. Yeah, yeah Vitz, Vitz was amazing yeah. for me. I think Vitz is one of those places, it's a melting pot of cultures, it's a melting pot of you know, economic backgrounds because yeah. you'll be in class with somebody who went to a saint, you know, and then you'd also be in class with somebody who went, who grew up in the popol and used to, you know, you know, grew up in the most dire of circumstances mm. and they got hundred percent for maths and science. And so, and then you are all in the same class, yeah. all after yeah. the same goal, all learning the same things, um, all exchanging experiences. It's, it's like one of the most amazing experiences of my academic career being at Bits, to be honest. 
and also the um, the life the activity that is there outside of class yeah because you find people are so active in societies because I was part of the Vit Student Business Society okay WSPS they've changed the name now it's entrepreneur dot whatever you know they've changed <laughs> it now. but it was it was where I met some of the people that I'm now you know doing things with outside yeah. of work it's where I met my people my tribe yeah um, so yeah this was amazing mm. yeah. And then what did you do straight after varsity? So after varsity, um so like last year varsity had already gotten the Fulbright scholarship because there was this oh. whole chat around Can you can you tell us about the Fulbright scholarship? Oh yeah, yeah, I can tell you. So essentially Fulbright scholarship is um flagship scholarship uh like it's actually one of the best best in the world if I'm oh. honest in terms of what it gives you, right? Okay. Because it doesn't just give you the academic experience, but it's very big on what are you doing outside. So oh. it doesn't pick people that are only smart, but mm. it picks people that want to come back. Okay. I think maybe they do it because they want to make sure you come back to your country. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they always choose patriotic people who are passionate about a cause. Mm. Um so so that's the scholarship and then they pay for your tuition they pay for your um uh, accommodation and they give you a stipend you know mm. so your life living there is you know fully funded by them which is really really great mm. um and then they also do a lot of uh leadership programs so you would go there and then you you know meet people from different parts of the world you'll have a whole week of like leadership stuff oh, yeah. and then when you're halfway through your program there's another leadership thing where they fly you over to another state yeah it's, it's nice when it's like that cuz like yeah. a lot of bursaries or scholarships they just yeah. fund just give you the money yeah. and so Fulbright's is like leadership you know when you're halfway in the program it's been a year now in America how is it going you catch up with other people you guys are all sharing the same experiences like oh my gosh this country you know so it's it's it was like a phenomenal experience to be mm-hmm. honest um it was tough it was very very tough the homesickness you know uh feeling like an outsider it, it was tough you know mm. but it it was one of those experiences that I wouldn't trade for anything in the world wow. because of the friends that I made made um you know making friends from different parts of the world and you realize how similar we are mm. and you realize how um south africans we love looking down on ourselves but we actually the shit to be honest yeah. we're the shit like <laughs> there are a lot of things we are doing you're just like oh my gosh i can compete on a global level yeah. we are the shit mm. but we are not patriotic about our country because when you're in the us people hang flags everywhere like on the, like on the houses on the houses cars. in their cars <laughs> and they are like these people are so patriotic yeah, yeah. and their country's it's great but it's not i mean south africa we we've, we've got it right so you'd go to fifth avenue and you're like mm, we've got diamond walk um, <laughs> but you know you get like mm, you go to grand canyon you're like mm, we have god's you know like we've got, yeah, we've got yeah. cape town as well you know lion's yeah. head so you're like nothing there like super amazes you mm. because you're just like mm, I think we, we actually have it quite good. Mm, yeah, we have it quite good. Mm. We have it great. Our roads are brilliant, and I know it's not the majority of South Africans, yes, right? Yes. But if you just look at you know the standard of living we have here, we're we're actually quite privileged, you know. Because yeah. when I show people that no, back at home, this is this is what's up, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I should come through in Africa. Uh, absolutely, and it just shows you the the potential mm. of the continent as a whole mm. to say, look. people don't don't know our stories so i think she brigade should actually be an international podcast because people don't know our stories people don't know our stories and because they don't know our stories um 
they don't know the potential that can come out of Africa mm. because all the stories they get are like CNBC, BBC, all the African kids starving. Yes. And I'm not <laughs> saying that that doesn't exist, but I'm saying there's so there's much, so much more. more, you know, mm. I was actually speaking to an executive and he was saying that he actually, you know, wants to work on a project of sharing case studies of energy within within Africa, he says, because there's so many amazing things within energy that we've done on the continent, but people just know us as energy poor, you know? And it's like, yes, only 30% of Africa is electrified, but there's so much more we're doing. Yeah. The, you know, yeah. like there's, there's, you know, mm. there's the, in the 30%, there's the stuff. And so, we need to share those stories. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. And, and yeah, so when you got your scholarship, what, what did you, so you're doing your master's? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did my master's in petroleum engineering. Where were you doing it? I was doing it at the University of Tulsa in Oklahoma. I'm sure you've never heard of it. I'm really like, <laughs> not really. I'm not going to Yeah. 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 It was a random place, but it's actually one of the better universities mm-hmm. uh, for petroleum engineering in the US. Okay. You know, it's like really, really Why did you get into petroleum engineering? So petroleum, um, it, it was all around the shale gas discussions that were happening in 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. And that's when our... That's around the time I was about to graduate. Um, and so they were just going on about how it's going to be instrumental to our economy. And there was whole the Mozambique thing, etc. And so I was like, um, I really believe, uh, you know, there is going to be like the clean energy economy. Yeah. Right. And now we like very much in the coal economy. And I think that the bridge to get there, to get Africa there would be gas. I'm a strong believer of that, that the, the, the best bridge would be gas. Um, because if you if you look at renewables, yes, there's a lot of development in that area. But if you look at the rate of development that Africa needs, we need a lot of energy and we need mm. cheap, right? Um, and we need it unsubsidized. It needs the, the the business model has to be it has to make sense without subsidies, right? Mm. Um, and so, to some extent, it is you know because people are finding like innovative business models. But you know at at scale, I believe gas is 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 the what we should be considering right now and so that's why i studied petroleum engineering because i was like i know there's a frontier of of gas that will probably happen uh if not in south africa you know within the southern african region and i actually want to educate myself on what that means technically and i actually want to be part of those discussions yeah i want to be part of that wave of energy leaders i i do okay (laughs) wow yeah (laughs) and while you were at that university then You got selected as a financial analyst for the university's investment oh. fund. How did that happen? So, because you said never, engineers, so like, never in the history of had uh, an engineer. And then after me, they had like my other friend joined, and then the year after, my other friend joined. Yeah. So I started the thing there. So it was, it was quite interesting because I. Because I'm so used to being active on campus. Okay. So yeah, you I'm, said the outside life, outside of education. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like campus isn't just about, if you just get the degree, then you shortcutting yourself. That's mm. that's my, you can't, education for me isn't, isn't the textbook. It's, you know, learning about other, the lateral parts. Absolutely. Mm. You know, so, so I was like trying to be active on campus and I was like looking at other things and there was like Society of Petroleum Engineers and they'd have they, they, weekly stuff and give you free pizza <laughs> if you're a student and you're like yes you know um so I attended those but I was like mm, I want more like I want the business stuff as well mm-hmm. do you have anything on that and then I found um the student investment fund and I was like oh this is amazing so it's like there's a friends of finance committee um where people from like corporates within the within the city uh actually invest money into this fund and okay. then they let 
the students have an educational experience of managing real money through the fund. And they also have a series of tools. So they have like the CEO of the bank or CEO of like some big oil and gas company come yeah. through and like talk about the business, the trends, mm. etc. So I found that so interesting. And then one year I was like, you know, what? I saw they were they were having uh, they were having a info day about joining the fund. And so I was like, and I was in my class, and I was after the class ended, I was like, let me just go. I mean, I'm a petroleum, but let me just go. So I went, and then afterwards I was like, hey, can I join petroleum? They're like, we've never had that before, but and I had a, the money fam, so I was like, hey, I blog on money. So the money fam had already started. Yes, the money fam was already started. So I was like, okay, maybe let me just use the money fam as an end. You know, I'm like, look, petroleum engineering, but I blog on money. You know? Yeah. And they were like, okay, that's an interesting profile. Uh, okay, okay, we'll check your blog out, blah blah blah. And they were like, but apply anyway, and I applied, and they were like sis come through you know and then you know I came through um and at the time I'd have been doing other things outside of just the university you know one million cups etc that were related to entrepreneurship mm. um and then or business and then I was like okay I'm gonna join it and then uh Bob's your uncle they were like come through sis we've never As had an financial analyst yeah we've never had an engineer you know yes they've had engineers who are doing the MBAs part of it yeah, but okay, it was still yeah, within yeah. finance and business yeah I was like from a different school coming through and yeah it, it, it was it was great to be part of that experience so what was your role so essentially, what exactly did you do if you're a finance so you know like they split us up in different committees you mm. know there's risk there's treasurer blah 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 oh, oh yeah and then I made treasurer I forgot <laughs> so so because you do so much <laughs> I know you forgot Oh my gosh, I forgot. I became treasurer of the the student investment fund. So essentially what you do is we analyze stocks to put in the fund. So the goal, when I joined the fund, it was like 4.7 million, somewhere there. And then we grew it to like 5 million dollars. Dollars. Yeah, US dollars. So essentially (laughs) we have to pick like every week, you know, we have to like read the news, um, read what the companies are doing, what mm. our stocks are doing, what other companies are doing. So if there's an IPO, I think the IPO of Snapchat happened when I was on the fund, you know, like say, look, is this a good investment for our stock? So you're basically almost like an asset manager, but just mm. stocks. Mm. So you do the review on the company, you do the DD, you um, you do the valuation, um, and then you say, you know, will it be a strategic fit for our fund for where we're trying to go? Um, and then you have to like defend that, you know, in yeah, front of a... Yeah. A committee and then they ask questions etc so, yeah yeah that's that's what's essentially what you do so it was a lot of fun oh wow and how long how long were you in the u.s for i was there for two years and like how was that experience mm-hmm. like and how did it feed into who you are and what you do now yeah it was so eye-opening um it was eye-opening i guess as an african from just seeing what i was saying that mm. we have amazing stories we don't share them at and we don't believe in ourselves on a global level yeah uh, and what i saw about americans is I was in Tulsa, right? Tulsa is like a small city in like Oklahoma, random uh, state. And then somebody would invent something so basic. And he'd be like, this is the best X, Y, Z in the whole world. I'm like, my guy. (laughs) Like, hold up. Calm down. Calm down. You're in Tulsa in Oklahoma, like chill, you know? Yeah. Like you haven't seen the whole world for you to be like, this is the best thing in the whole world. But that's what Americans believe. They believe that if it's the best in my part of America and America is the best in the world, then it's the best in the world. And we don't have that confidence. And I think even in the workplace, we don't, um, 
we don't celebrate the ideas of others enough. We have this mm. sense of hierarchy in our, in our organizations that sort of makes people smell, feel smaller than what they're actually capable and, mm. and, and can do, you know. So we start believing, no, maybe if I have 20 years of experience, I'll be able to do that. By the time you take yeah. years, fourth industrial revolution has replaced your 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 your, your job, mm. you know, so mm. you're behind. Yeah. So you have to be agile, you know, and Americans get that. Like I'd, I'd find people, because uh, I was part of One Million Cups. Um, it's a weekly meetup for entrepreneurs in the in the in the city, okay. and then each person every week they have a new business pitching its idea, and then people give them ideas, give them hookup. It's almost like the hookup dinner. Okay. You know? Yeah. You heard of the yeah, program? I have. Yeah. Exactly, but it's a weekly one. And then if you're part of the committee, they annually go to the conference in Kansas City and you okay. meet other people, other entrepreneurs. So it's a really great space to be part of. And then um, I'd, meet, I'd meet people who are like 50 and he's starting this business of um, like an Uber for donuts. And I'm just like, but you're 50. And it's like, I'm having so much fun. I never done this before. I never started a business, but I'm having so much fun. And I'm like, my dad would never. You know, like, and yeah. like if you think about 50-year-olds in South Africa. No. No. They're done. They're done. They're done. They're done. <laughs> They are done, yeah. you know. And if you think about KFC, it was started by a guy who was in his sixties yes, at the time. Yes, actually. And they say the average age in the US for people to actually start startups that pop is like forty-five, you know. And you're like, wow, the 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 confidence, the renewal that they had that mm. at any age I could make it. I stand a chance. If I'm alive, I stand a chance. I think that for me was like mind blowing because I was like I was like a triple threat. I was a I was a I was an immigrant. I was uh, black. I was female, right? And you know, initially it, it like weighed me down a lot. Like when I first joined, because I like I wouldn't see black people at all. Like yeah. the black people I'd see would be the janitor, would be the bus driver, and I'd go sometimes the whole day not seeing another black face but my own in the mirror, and that weighed me down because mm. South Africa have so many black people and so many black women, and you know I couldn't just say hey sis, you know, yo, I, like it was a thing. But afterwards, you know, I got over when I got over that and realized that I'm the only one who's seeing it myself this way. And because I am, I'm projecting everybody else to be seeing me that way. Yeah. Right? And so when I snapped out of it, um, and I and I just, you know, started sharing my stories, you know, I they allowed me to pitch the Money Fam in the Tulsa startup series. Um, and I was in the top five. And I was just like, wow, you know, this this is a country that actually values potential yeah. ideas like if you just if you just break through that mold of 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 you know what you think you can do because of your race and your skin etc you realize that there are so many people that would actually say hey mm. good idea you know i'm gonna Let's jump on that yeah you know? and i feel like in essay we don't have enough of that uh you know we, we don't have enough of that mm. we I've actually found myself a bit more compressed in in south africa even though it's my home country. like just coming back yes then i was in the u.s and it's it's based on you know not that I'm like super oppressed or anything, but it's just based on the on the like the the, the way they think that no you can do it start something fail um, even if you don't and they don't, they don't even fa- uh, value like fancy cars and fancy apartments you know some of them would be like driving an old beat up car and you know eating at at one of the churches and starting mm. their business and you know and wearing mm. jeans and and tackies and shirts and you know. So I think that's that's something I really valued about the years. The way they think about opportunity, yeah. about development, is about themselves, about their country, et 
it's a lot different to South Africa. And I, we have so much potential. So much. Like, so much. I just feel like we need a mindset. You know, we need cleansing. <laughs> yeah. From a mindset you just need to switch on. Just... We need to switch on. Mm. But I think we do have a revolution now of, like, young people that are yeah. actually starting to switch on and get it. And it's so exciting to be part of that. Mm. But I think there's a ceiling way bigger than South Africa that we need to actually break through because we, we can do it. We can do it. We can do it. Mm. Okay, so can you tell us a bit about how the Money Fam started? Okay, great. So yeah, yeah. the Money Fam was actually, I actually started in my first job. Um, I was working at um, another consulting firm, but it was like one of the big four accounting firms, mm-hmm. the consulting wig, uh, wing, sorry. <laughs> and then, um, so, you know, like a lot of my friends, oh yeah, so in my first job, I actually I was like 22 and then I bought a house, you know? And so my friends were like, dude, like, where did you get all this money? Like, how do you, and I bought a house and I said, I'm not going to buy a car. And then eventually I bought a car and I bought a cash, you know? And so all my friends were just like, hmm. like, what, what did you like? How? Yeah. How? Yeah, I, was like, like, how? <laughs> I was strategic in varsity about the financial decisions I made. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, you know, a lot of my colleagues started coming, asking me for like financial advice, like, Hey, I want to buy a car. What should I do? And I was like, no, do this, do that. Uh, look at this, 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 you know, that, that, that. Mm, okay. And then I was like, hey, let me package this into a blog because I I realized that there are probably a lot of people in corporate that actually, yeah. you know, don't know what's up with money. Mm-hmm. And so I started <laughs> a blog called Cecilia Writes and it was it was me trying to blog uh, under a pseudonym. Um, and then when I moved and then I was on wife and then I went to the hookup dinner and I won the pitch contest. Then I was on YFM with Cecilia Rice. And then I moved overseas. And then they wanted to make me like the resident finance person. But I was Ooh. living at uh, YFM. Okay. Yeah. But then uh, for like one of the shows. Mm. With, oh, I forgot the name of the show. But anyways. But then that didn't work out because I was living abroad yeah. and calling me, etc. It just wouldn't work out. So then um, then I was just like, oh, Cecilia Rice is not going to work. Because I, I thought about it from the South African context. And now I'm in the US for the next two years. Let me just like see what's going on here and then see what whatever is going to happen. And then I, you know, got into the financial literacy space in the U.S. I started chatting to other bloggers and then I was like, hey, actually, there's room for this here, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, millennials are all going through the same thing globally. We're earning less than our parents. Uh, we want freedom in, yeah. in our workspaces. We, financial freedom. We want financial freedom. We value travel over owning possessions um, so we can Uber and travel we're okay with that you mm. don't have to have a car as a millennial yeah um and all of like all across the world we're the same you know so i was like hey actually as a global citizen millennial i can actually stage this and have this okay. global citizen type of voice yeah and i know it's going to resonate to people across the world and anyone and everyone and it did so that's how i started that and yeah so yeah, so what do you do as the money fam? So the money for those fam, who don't know. So for the money fam, it stages the number one uh, platform for ambitious millennials and their money. So essentially, mm. it's about um, you know speaking to ambitious millennials uh, around you know career, um, around you know financial decisions. Mm. So you know we host a series of events. We had uh, one about starting a business while you have a nine to five, and that was like an amazing event. Yeah, that's a, a, that's a, it. yeah, it's a yeah, thing it's that a we thing. do a lot. <laughs> it's yeah. a thing. So I just really wanted to hear the people's stories. Yeah, um, who have done like amazing, like Dumi Pake. His story was great, and he came on our panel. 
Um, and it was like really great learning from his story because he said he didn't go through the broken trip in your stage. And a lot of us don't want to go through that. Yeah. Things, we, we like things we like and money. <laughs> yes, we don't value materialistic things. But like, I still want to go to Bali though. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm passionate about the business, but wow. <laughs> you know? I want to so have breakfast like, in the pool. I mean, <laughs> you know, basic. Basic lifestyle. We're not asking for too much. You know, like, we'll see the rules where it's yeah. like, let's have, you know. Um, so just listening to his story, Nelly Sofente, who sold her business to Deloitte um, and is and her, her, is now working within Deloitte under her business, you know. Mm. So just hearing their stories, um, it's, it's, it's just been really instrumental. And then also we had, you know, an event with within Maboneng on property and just learning about the property market in South Africa from an international point of view. Do you know, like, in Maboneng, rent for, like, a one bed can be, like, 10K? I saw that. Like, I've actually seen that. And I was like, you It's a real thing. Because <laughs> it's quite big in international markets. And, you know, Ubering, the, like, Uber, not Ubermen, Airbnb being there, you know, the Airbnb yeah, market is yeah. huge. And you meet, like, simple people. And, like, yeah, man, I own two apartments. You know, one of these hippie, artsy people is like, yeah. I just put it on this website and people who want to come to the hotel can't make it. They come to my apartments. Like, and this guy's bulking it from the international market or yeah. local, something we just go there, take pictures and you don't think. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so that that's, that's just the type of thinking I wanted people to have mm. that look guys, let's, let's come together and let's think about money differently. And let's think about the opportunities that we have mm. really, really differently and having people's stories there as well was instrumental to me. So having people like Aisha Pandu, who started, um, what's her, the name of her company? The cleaning service. The, um, uh, and, and I use it. Seepsa. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Those are like amazing, brilliant yeah. stories that we need to have. And also knowing, like, now I want your business grow. Where can I list? You know, those are options for funding, yes. you know. And you, the, the JSC actually has a, a platform for smaller businesses to actually list and get, you know, funding for their businesses for growth. So, you know, it's things we don't know about. Yeah. But it's stories that I just actually wanted to put out there. Mm. Um, and also, like, the, the one story I still read now is, like, things that venture capitalists look for before they invest in your business, you know. Um, so I spoke to a VC guy okay. and he's like, no, look, they look at the team, they look at the idea, they look at the what, what. And then he says, you can do a pre-valuation uh, on 200, 200, 200K in terms of dollars if you have these three things and then you know that's your pre-valuation. Okay. Value. So it's things that you, you yeah, want to know. I, I, I love this perspective because, yeah. I mean, you know, we talk about savings. Talk about, yeah, like, yeah. Let's exactly. think bigger. Let's, let's think, think bigger. bigger. I love this bigger. many perspective that you do. Yeah, let's think bigger because I think, the, the saving and whatnot discussion is important, right? Like yes, in South absolutely. Africa, we're dealing with unemployment, right? So we're dealing with a, 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 a subset of people that need to create economic opportunities mm. so that people can actually have a savings discussion. Because I found a lot of people said to me that, mm. okay, you're talking about savings, but like, fam, I'm not even making enough to make ends meet. Can we meet. start? Can I just make yeah, enough go back a bit yeah exactly and if i make enough then i can talk savings right so there's this group of us privileged south africans and the discussions we need to be having is how are we being part of the economy and not as employer employees but as employers right yes. how are we participating in owning the economy not working within it right and I think those are the discussions that are sort of exciting me that yeah. let's own the economy, let's build industries, let's build businesses um, and find out what opportunities are there for us. Mm -hmm. You know, like yesterday I found out 
about Silver Tree, where they, if you're like a high achieving person, you can be an entrepreneur in residence and they train you up for like three months, they pay you a stipend and afterwards you can have a start your own business and mm -hmm. they are a VC fund that will invest in your business or you can actually become like CEO, CE something or of one of the businesses <laughs> that they already have. And I'm just like, that's an amazing opportunity for yeah. South Africans because one of the biggest risks in getting into business is, is that financial, what am I going to eat, mm. right? Um, you need money to that's sustain yourself. That's entrepreneur stage, yeah. Absolutely, right? So, you, you find out about these things and you're like, these are the discussions we should be having because we should be building industries mm. um, and thinking about money from a big, you know, net worth valuation perspective, yeah. not just from a... Let's talk about wealth. Let's talk about wealth. Sis. Let's talk about wealth. Wow. Not just, you know, <laughs> wealth. Because I, it, it clicked to me in America. I'm like, it's actually easy to become a billionaire, you know, because mm. everybody says billionaire and billionaire is not saving a billion rands. Nobody has a billion rands in the bank. No, yeah. At least, exactly. Unless you're a bank. Because they're a bad. Yeah. Even they, I'm sure they don't have. But a to be a billionaire, you need to create something that has owned something that has a value worth billions. Then you become a yeah. billionaire. If you look at Tesla, he's a billionaire because he's, he's, he owns Tesla. And I mean, Elon Musk, he yes, owns yes, Tesla. Yes. And Tesla is worth X amount of billions. Yeah. Right? But does Tesla have billions in the bank? No. Look at its financial statements. It's not even making a profit yet, right? It's not profitable. Mm. And a lot of these billion-dollar tech companies are not profitable. So you're like, okay, then how are they billionaires? Because the valuation, the value of the, sum, the something that you've created is worth billions to the economy because mm. you're employing people, etc. That's not how they value it. But Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, obviously, more it's <laughs> obviously more complicated. It's, yeah. But you know, that's how you become a billionaire. Mm. Create something with billions and, 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 and you're a billionaire. I love that you refer to yourself as a wealth evangelist. Yes. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> no, I was, just, I was just being cute. <laughs> Energy enthusiast, wealth evangelist. So yeah. Those are the two sectors that I've actually just chosen to, to, to mm. like, invest my efforts in for now. It may change in the future. Yeah. You know? But um, that's, that's just where my heart is. Yeah. Yeah. Energy and wealth. Not wealth. just financial literacy per se yeah i love it that's beautiful okay so so what's next for you what what where you mm, that's a good question what can you share with like what's next where mm. do you see from both sides the yeah. wild side the energy yeah. side so yeah i mean i, I don't want to like speak too soon because a lot of the things that i'm working on behind the scenes are still very very uh, premature phase mm -hmm. um but i'm excited so i still want to be like more within the energy space but um you know committing myself into not like mainstream business within energy, but, you know, other sectors within energy, okay. um, maybe education. I'm looking into mm. that. Um, I'm considering that. Uh, I'm not going to mention anything too soon. <laughs> it's fine. When you, when you, when you're ready to announce, we'll let us so, know. Yeah. yeah. So essentially that that's, that's something I'm still looking mm. into and also getting into, you know, a lot of the industry bodies, um, like uh, one industry body that I've, uh, I've, I've been a member of, but now I've just joined to chair their marketing and comms committee. It's mm -hmm. called the South African um, Energy Storage Association, uh, SAISA. So, you know, that's a new role that I've been appointed this week. So, really ah, excited congrats, to, congrats. Yeah, excited to do that. So, I still want to be very involved in the energy space, yeah. but not business, maybe regulatory education, you know, uh, because I think our the, the industry still outside of ESCOM, it's still very much, the private sector still very much, you know, has a lot of white spaces 
that need to be uh, taken advantage of and also shaping policy, etc. Yeah. So I actually want to be still in the background, setting up the groundwork for you know the private sector within mm. you know gas etc. to boom within the, the country. Um, and then in, in terms of the money firm, um, I have plans to create a different platform. Um, but that's still focused on, you know, wealth, et cetera, mm. um, other than just, you know, the financial literacy angle or the, you know, angle that I've been going for. And I guess it comes from a personal evolution of myself where mm. I feel like I'm at a different stage in my life where I myself want to read or want to produce or want to create different content yeah. or want to do different things for uh, the people that I, that I you know, serve through what I do. So um, it's at a transition phase because people will notice that I, there hasn't been much activity on the, on the platforms, um, but it's, it's at a transition phase where it's moving to next um, okay. and probably excited to, to launch that in the near future. So it's, yeah, don't touch that dial. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. That phase, I'm at that <laughs> yeah, transition yeah, yeah. phase in my life where I'm evolving and I'm stepping into what, what next is and I'm so excited. That's exciting to hear, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I always ask all of my guests, if you could give your younger self a message, what would you say to her? So like pick any age, what would you say to Great. that younger you? Uh, I'd say calm down. Um, <laughs> and it's something I was actually getting in traffic. There's this pastor who shared something that sometimes when you're driving in, in like, you know, in the roads, you always weaving, shoo, 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 trying yeah. to beat people. And then the robot goes red. And then that person who, who you like, you overtook hey, that time. Yeah, it stops, you know. And it happened to me now coming here, and I was just like, <laughs> I do this all the time, where I'm like weaving and I'm overtaking people and I'm cutting and I'm, you know, because I drive like a taxi driver. Oh, and you're one of those, you know. <laughs> the man, the robot man, just is come down, and then you have to stop. And then it just it just shows me that you are gonna get there anyway. Yeah. You know, because I thought, you know, if I actually followed that bikey, I would probably be standing here at this time right now anyway. Mm. But you're always just in a rush to get through the next stage. You're always in yeah. a rush to, you're always going somewhere. But like life happens exactly as it should. So calm down, you know. Yeah. You're going to be at that robot at 12.55 because that, that that's where you are supposed, supposed to, be, to be. Yeah. You know. So, you know, God has it in control. God has the plan in your life. You don't have to accelerate things and, mm, you know, do mm. things. It will happen as it's supposed to happen. So calm down. So that is exactly what I'd say. That's, to that's actually person. really and like to that. my current person. Like, Even now. now. <laughs> calm down, sis. <laughs> yeah, when you said you were happy yeah, now when you're yeah, driving. Exactly. I'm just like, oh, I always fall into my trap. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. How can people get in touch with you? Or any of your platforms. Yeah, so you can follow me. Uh, it's at Miss Magnate on uh, Instagram. You like, you like. It may change, may change. Like, <laughs> you like these titles. I love yeah. it, I love it. <laughs> I changed when I was in America. Because, like, everybody has, you know, fancy titles. I was like, Psh. You know, because South Africa is very conservative. We are. Like, so I was like, I was we have, like, US, first name. Like, yes, you know, first name, underscore. I was like, what? Mm -mm. I was like, mm -mm. I'm going to live into the swag. I'm American now, so, you know, <laughs> that's two best in the world. So, Miss Magnate on Instagram, mm -hmm. at Miss G Magnate on Twitter. Um, and then you can find me on LinkedIn. It's you know, very simple on LinkedIn. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the money fam. Yes, and the money fam. We'll keep up with it. We'll see what's coming next. You'll see what's coming. Yeah. Keep up. Can't see wait. What's coming. <laughs> thank you so much for joining oh, us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you really for all your, your insights. Like I was I was literally just like reading about and I'm like, 
engineering. Yeah, but like it's a lot. It comes, but it comes together. Yeah, and it makes yeah. so much sense. Yeah, it like, makes sense when you. Yeah. Yeah, like you, it's like you said in the beginning. You said some people might find it messy, but yeah, it's all intentional and all absolutely. Messy. Yeah, absolutely. Thank yeah. you so much. Oopsie, oh, thanks for sharing your story. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like this episode, take a screenshot and share it with us on Instagram or Twitter at SheBrigade. Don't forget to leave us your feedback by giving us a rating and review on iTunes. See you in the next episode. Bye.